Uh, Friday evening, I was sitting down to a bowl of stew, getting ready to watch yet one more uh, college bowl game. And I got a text saying, hey, surprise, you're preaching on Sunday. Lives are like that, aren't they? We, we never know what's coming. Uh, maybe we're like Forrest Gump, or the life's like a box of chocolates, I guess. But, um, but I am excited to be here with you guys to, to get to, to preach. Um, I'm excited uh, for, for all that is ahead. Um, and, and I'm going to do my best as we walk uh, into a new year to give you a, a look at scripture, to give us all a look of, uh, of God's word for, for a fresh start, for a new beginning. If, if you've been around here for a while, you know that, that, that I love a new year. I guess I probably say it all the time, but I, I, I know it's just another day. I know we're just, you know, it's Sunday and it's just, it's been a week and whatever, I get it. But I love the idea of a, of a new uh, a new year. I, I love that, um, you know, the way that God gave us a cycle, a, a calendar, a cycle of weeks and, and months and years. And, and, and God designed that for us for a reason, because we needed, we needed measuring sticks sometimes. We needed a new chapter to begin from time to, to time. And so last week, um, you know, the, the last Sunday of the year, we talked about kind of Taking stock, evaluating our hearts, evaluating where we are. Finding what needs to be revitalized and, and, and getting our hearts focused on, on God and, and, and especially on, on his kingdom. Ending the year with a renewed heart. That was what we talked about last Sunday. And I said, you know, take this week before this new year to, just, to, just to get ready, just to get your heart ready for, for what he wants for you. So how do we start a new year? How, how, do we, uh, how do we do that? What do we need to hear as we start 2022? With those questions in mind, let's pray together. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that we can trust it. We can give our lives to it. And that you have given us all that we need to know you and to live for you in your word. So God, give us a new attitude, a a heart that will be corrected by your word today. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. So this morning I want to look... um, at Ephesians chapter 4. So if you've got your Bibles, you can turn to Ephesians chapter 4. We're going to read verses 20 through 32. Ephesians 4. Starting verse 20. But that is not the way you learned Christ. Assuming that you have heard about him and were taught in him as the truth is in Jesus. To put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is so corrupt through deceitful desires. And to be renewed in the spirit of your minds and to, be put, on the new, and to put on the new self, 
created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. Therefore, having put away falsehood, let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger and give no opportunity to the devil. Let the thief no longer steal, but rather let him labor, doing honest work with his own hands, so that he may have something to share with anyone in need. Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for building up as fits the occasion, that it may give grace to those who hear. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you, along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, as God in Christ forgave you. So here we go again, right? Uh, a new year, a new sermon about being better. Um, we'll just know that we're not going to be making any New Year's resolutions this morning. Instead, we're going to be asking some questions like, who would God have me be in 2022? Who would God have me be? And I think this question can be answered in, in two ways. And the first is obvious. He would have me be more like Christ. And, and the second is that uh, he, would, he would have us live as a new creation. Right? That's, that's kind of how we started this passage. He would live me, have me live as a new creation. So, so who does God want you to be in 2022? A, a new creation that is growing every day to look more and more like Jesus. I mean, it's a pretty simple answer. There's obviously a lot to it, and it gets fleshed out for each of us differently. Um, and so I want you to think for a minute about who you are and, and the change that God would want for you. The change that God would want for you. That might be a, a tricky question or maybe a long question. Maybe it's obvious to you. You already know. Oh, I know exactly what it would be, right? Well, how, would, how would God want me to change this year? Or who would, he would, who would he want me to be? You know, maybe what bad habit, what sin in your life that, that just lingers? What, is, what needs to go? Or maybe what, what needs to be added to your life to live for Christ more this year? What needs to be added to your life? So I want you to just visualize for a second conquering that sin, conquering that, that thing that lingers, or visualize adding that thing that would, would be a great new part of your life that would, that would really help you in, in who you are and who God wants you to be. I want you to visualize that for a second. And I said that we're not making resolutions here this morning. Instead, maybe I want to make a point. And that is this. Here we are in 2022 talking about what we want to be doing, right? what wants to be new, and um, you know, talking again about being new, about changing, about growing, talking again. I don't know how many years, new years this is for you. It doesn't, I won't ask, right? But thinking about getting rid of something or about doing something better, right? We're doing this again. Why wasn't the first time you tried enough? 
right? The first time you realized, hey, I need to stop doing that, and you changed. Why wasn't that enough? Why wasn't the, the first time you ever said, you know, I'm going to cut that out of my life. This, 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 this sin that I just keep doing, I'm getting rid of it. Why are we here talking about a new year, talking about a new beginning and a new start and all that stuff, right? If we had this down by now, just be another day. Let's just, just keep on keeping on, right? Because we've all got it figured out by now. Why, why not? Because it's really hard. Because it's really hard. And, and, and also I would just add, I think we, we try to do that the wrong way. Right, the, tr- the way we try to be better, however you want to define that, we do that all wrong. Let me, let me just explain. Right, I think most of us understand the gospel something like this. God loves you and forgave you. Now go and be a good person. Oops, you messed up. God still loves you and he forgave you. Now go and be better and stop doing that thing. Okay, now don't do it again. God still loves you, just be better, right? I I know that I can live that way, right? The gospel, yes, God loves me, he saved me, and but I just keep messing up, be better. Try it again, try it again, be better. But unfortunately, as as any any of you who've ever tried to be good, tried to be better can tell you, we don't really ever get out of this cycle. We, we can't just do good. We can't just be better, right? I see those bumper stickers all the way, all the time. Be a good person, right? Just be good. Okay, like it was that easy. If it was that easy, we'd have figured that out thousands of years ago. It hasn't happened yet, right? This is the message of our society. This is the message of, of all the other religions in the world. Just do better. Just do better. And unfortunately, I think it's the message we hear in the Christian world too much as well. I think, I think that's the message. When most people talk about the church, oh, it's all they do is yell at me and tell me a bunch of rules and do better. That's not the gospel message at all. That's not the core of Christianity. The, the, the core of the Christian message is that humans aren't good. The core of Christianity is that humans can't do it. We tried, right? If you, if you read the book of Romans, the whole thing is about how humans couldn't do it. God gave them the law, and, and the Old Testament was just a bunch of knuckleheads messing up. And we read it and go, why couldn't they do it right? Because you can't. And if we'd have been there, we'd have done the same thing. That's the gospel story, right? And God says, you need a savior. You need a person because you couldn't do it. It's the reason for Jesus. This is the gospel. God sent Jesus to do what we couldn't do for ourselves. And so I know you know this, but I just will tell you again, the, the gospel is, isn't just good news for salvation. It's not just a ticket to heaven. It's good news for every moment of every day. The gospel applies to every bad sin, to every habit, to everything that we do, every thought that we have. Every time we talk to someone, every time we go to work, guess what? The gospel is there. The good news of Jesus is there. The gospel is 
everything. Okay, so we need to go back to our passage and, and, and just look at it and see what it looks like to be new. See how the gospel is the main ingredient for change. Right, if, we, if we want to talk about change, it's the gospel. Let's look at verses 20 through 24 again. But that is not the way you learned Christ, assuming that you have heard about him and were taught in him. As the truth is in Jesus, to put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires, and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds, and to put on the new self, created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. Knowing the gospel, knowing the truth of Jesus, we have to put off our old selves. And, and, and that's not a one-time event, Right? The verb there is do it and keep on doing it. Right, So take, put off our old self and keep on putting off our old selves is how that we should read. Right? We have to do that every day. Every day you and I have a battle. We have a choice. We, we have this old self that, that wants to, to, to rebel against God. It's just there. But he says we have to be renewed. We have to put off our old selves. So how do we do that? I'm going to start by asking the question, what is sin and what is our old self? Sin is, is anything we get more satisfaction in ourselves or in a thing than in God. Anytime we get more satisfaction in ourselves or in a thing than we do with God, that's a sin. When we listen to a lie or start to think of ourselves as in charge as God... Right? That's, this is what we see in the garden. This is what we see in the beginning. Right? What could bring more satisfaction than God? This thing. This thing this, that, that would make us to be more like him. So anything that brings more satisfaction to ourselves than, than God is a sin, which means there's a lot of sin. You and I deal with a lot of sin. Right? Think of the things in our lives that give us more satisfaction than God. If we were to be really honest, if we laid it all out there, right? Family, right? Do we get more joy from our family than we do God? What our spouses, right? Maybe some of us pursue our jobs and, and get our satisfaction and identity in our jobs more than we do from Jesus. Or money, right? The thing that we're all pursuing as, at, at all costs, right? At all times. The thing that's going to take care of us and, and keep us safe and, and comfortable. Right? Do we get more satisfaction there? All of us do sometimes, right? The answer is yes. You're guilty, right? The list could go on. I don't know what it is. Right? Your golf game or your um, friends or your social life. I don't know, right? All of us get more satisfaction out of those things, right? I've got my own stuff. How much of your time and your affection go to things, right, that we think are going to give us more satisfaction than God? taking a good thing like our family and making it more important in our lives or more important than God in our lives, that's called idolatry. That's sin. It's taking a created thing and making it more, like, more than God. And, and then any time that we, uh, we don't trust God and try to take care of things on our own, that's sin too. <laughs> 
How, how often throughout your day are you trying to take care of yourself? Are you relying on your own abilities and intelligence and, and all of that stuff? Right? There is a lot of sin in our lives. It's a lot. And sin is hard to get rid of. And if I, and if I asked you, why, why do you keep sinning? Why do you keep doing all these things? Why do you keep pursuing the wrong things and find satisfaction in something beside God? Right? The reason you do it, the reason I do it, is because there's a benefit. Right? We do things because there's a benefit for us. How do you get more satisfaction? What's the benefit in pursuing money? Right? What's the benefit that you keep getting? That's why you keep pursuing it. Right? And our passage tells us that as we take off our old selves, we begin to put on our new. We begin to put on the new self that is constantly, ongoingly being made new because of Christ. So we have to ask ourselves, do I want to be different and why? Right? I know for me, one of the struggles that I have at a new year or a new semester or a new whatever, right, is go, oh, I'm going to make straight A's this year. Why? Well, because I want to. Because I want to be good. Because I want to do better. Because I want to, because I want to, because I want to. Being self-motivated for your own benefit is not putting on the new self, is not putting on Christ. Most of us change to prove something, to prove something to others, to prove something to God, right? That's all wrong. To show God, I'm going to show how much I love you this year by earning your whatever. That's not right. <laughs> That's idolatry. We've put ourselves in the center of the thing again. We just keep on doing it. You can't prove anything to God. You can't earn anything from him. That slaps Jesus in the face and says, hey, you know, you did all that work for me, but, but I think I got it from here. Right? I can be justified by my own stuff. Let me take it. We cannot try to change so that we can prove ourselves to, to our family members, to God, to our, well, whoever. We are as accepted and loved by God as we will ever be. Right? That's the gospel. That's this good news that is at the core of everything. When you wake up in the morning, you are as loved as you will ever be. Even if you messed up the day before. You are as loved in 2022 as you'll ever be. Even if 2021 was a train wreck. Even if you weren't close to him. Even if you didn't pursue him at all. You are as loved as you will ever be. That's good news, guys. That's good news. God gives us a new identity because of him, because he loves us and he wants to put on a new self for us. So our real motivation for change is this, to enjoy freedom from sin, to delight in him. Because he's already loved us and accepted us and freed us. That's why. I love this passage in Ezekiel 36, and I'm going to read verses 25 through 27. And as I read it, I want you to listen to who's talking, and I'll give you the answer. It's God. And I want you to listen to all the I wills, right? Listen to the I wills of God in this passage. I will sprinkle clean water on you, and you shall be clean from all your uncleannesses. And from all your idols, I will cleanse you. 
and I will give you a new heart and a new spirit I will put within you. And I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and be careful to obey me. Do you hear that? That's a lot of I wills on God's behalf, right? He is doing the action of this passage. He is giving us a spirit to change. I'm reminded of 1 Thessalonians 5 in 23 through 25, where it says that God does the work of sanctifying, being kept blameless through Christ. And it finishes with the great, with great words. It says, the one who called you is faithful and he will do it. Right? He will do it. He will do it. People aren't changed by therapy. People aren't changed by any kind of um, you know, program. We could, we could come up with lots of programs around here. And guess what? They wouldn't change you. People are changed by God. God is in the change business. Not me. God is. And if you're like me, there's a part of the sermon that you were open. Okay, here Nick's going to give his top ten things to do to make your fix your life, right? Here, here's the handout. Just check that box every morning, and you'll be good. There's something about that that feels easier and safer, and 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 I like that. I can't give you a to do list. I can't give you bullet points on this thing on every practical step on how to change this year. There's been lots of books written like that, and guess what? They don't work. What I can tell you is you've got to walk with daily, walk daily with Christ. You've got to put off the old self and let him put on the new. Let him change you into something new. John 15 is often called the abide chapter, and in it we find that we can do nothing good on our own. Right? He says, apart from, me, apart from me, you can do nothing. No good thing. Only by being attached to the vine can any branch produce fruit. Any change that you want, it comes from being attached to the vine. I want to close by reading you two passages. One is from the gospel of man. And the other is from the gospel of Christ. I want to see if you can figure out the difference. It is by changing that our problems will be sorted out through working hard. It is up to us. This is what we can do for God. We are saved by what we do so that we can prove ourselves. If we do the good works that God plans for us, then we can become God's masterpiece. New people in Christ Jesus. Okay? Let's try this other one. For it is by grace that you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Which one's the good news? The second one. Yeah. Ephesians 2, 8 through 10. You need to know that passage if you don't know it. It is good news. It is the gospel in our lives every day. Only in abiding and trusting in the work of Jesus can we be changed. Can we be who God really wants us to be in 2022? It is by grace that you have been saved by faith. 
2022 is a new year. It's a chance to start fresh, to be new. But we are only made new by Christ. We are only changed because of the gospel. This year, my, my challenge would be ask God who he wants you to be and pray unceasingly that he would give you his spirit, that he would help you put off the old self and put on the new, that you can be more like him, that you can know him more than ever this year. Let's pray. God, we can't. But there is good news. That good news is that you can. The good news is that you love us. And that you will be faithful to complete the work that you've started in us. And that you will accomplish it. God, we need your spirit. We need your help. We can't fight temptation on our own. We can't do good in any way on our own, only by abiding in you, God. So help us. Help us, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand for our affirmation of faith?